of the creative duo of Modoc Head Games, and most recently Marvel's Modoc that premiered on Hulu this Friday. Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswald have channeled the passion of the creative geniuses Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, and have taken a character who thrives for greatness in the most evil ways possible, given only the best Marvel series and comic series that I have enjoyed in the last two years of my comic book reading history. But they've also become advocates to the B, C, and D list Marvel characters. And you brought them back to the spotlight. Jordan, say hello to everybody. Wow, that, what an intro. Jeez. Yeah. I got yeah. to well, some more well comics. Deserved. That's the best comic you've <laughs> read in, in two years. I got some recommendations for you. But no, I'll take Thank you. I'm not going to take a compliment. <laughs> no, I'm happy to be back. Thank you guys for having me. No, of course. Yes, we, we roll out the virtual red carpet for you this time, my friend. And no, not at all. Modog Head Games was definitely something uh, all of its own. And that's why it was my favorite series because you, something I, I get from comics and there's something to enjoy from all comics. I, to me, comics are a lot like music. You know, there's, there's no bad comics. It, it's all about, you know, what, what you're into and what speaks to you. So um, what I loved about head games after reading the whole series, you know, the first issue we had the comedy and, it gave us the laughs and and then getting to the final issue, uh, my heart dropped <laughs> uh, going back to the to the reboot sequence and you know just seeing everything that Modoc went through it it was heavy man um, it was definitely like a change of pace and the dynamic completely changed and I could, I absolutely loved it. it nothing better than a comic that can make you feel everything and I know Jesse read it um how how did you feel about it dude? Look, coming as, uh, from a perspective of someone that mostly reads like manga and stuff, um, this was something I didn't expect to like as much as I did. Like, I, I didn't really know too much about Modok. I had never really seen him as like a character to watch out for and everything like that. But like reading your comic, holy cow, man. Like it, it was so entertaining. I had such a fun time reading it. Uh easily made Modok like a great character to keep up with and it made me really excited not just for to finish head games but I was super stoked to you know now watch the series on Hulu uh so all the characters that come into the comic and all the interactions they have was just so like perfect man like it it just synced so well it it kept me like wanting more and more and I, I don't think I felt that way about a comic in years so Tell Marvel that. Maybe we'll see more. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would love to write more about a comic. Um, I will happily send that over to Marvel. Uh, you heard it here first. I'm sending over a letter <laughs> to the highest manager I can. <laughs> like the carrier pigeon is on his way. Yeah, straight to Dan Buckley. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, we 
uh, you know, that we wanted to play with tone a little bit in it where even though we're telling one story, we kind of wanted each issue to have its own identity, sort of. So, you know, like the first one being like, let's let's play with the mad scientist craziness of Modoc, And, you know, we'll do that for issue one. And issue two is kind of like, let's let's do this buddy heist with Iron Man and, and have this be this kind of like playful look into the, the B side of of Marvel. And then, you know, three was let's get meta and crazy with um, Gwenpool and, and, you know, have her kind of dissect Modoc, uh, I guess, both ways. Uh, really. <laughs> if, if you've seen the cover, you know what he's yeah. talking about. <laughs> and yeah. And then four was like, let's dig into his origin and actually see that like this, this monster story is sort of a tragedy too. And um, that he's not always, either a vicious killer or a kind of comedic joke that he can be a, a dramatic character as well. So that was kind of the fun of, of getting to show every side of Modoc because he's been portrayed so differently over the years. And that was kind of the goal of the, the comic was to kind of explore that. Yeah, for sure. The four faces of Modoc is, is what we saw. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what it was, you know, um, everything kind of played like its own volume and told its own story. And I mean, that's, Honestly, that's genius. Modoc level genius. To speak on what Jesse said, to to get his attention in a comic is something to behold because I've been trying to for years. Um, I've read some great comics and this dude will not lay off the backwards reading manga. And other <laughs> other, other than, than Daredevil, which is by far his favorite character. So um, yeah, you should be proud of that for for what it's yeah. worth, but you know, to about Daredevil, by the way, did I say Daredevil? Yep. Oh well, he's better, anyways. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but to kind of go on the other side of the coin, um, we have Nathan here with us, another guest coming back for his second week in a row. Um, last week he told us about his Nicholas Cage memorabilia, and today, oh god, um, he. He doesn't have any Modoc collectibles, but he did catch the series and absolutely fell in love with it so much oh, yeah. that his body is shaped like Modoc now. So, oh, Nathan, it deformed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Nathan, tell us your first impressions of Modoc, and, and I know you've been bugging me about all these questions you have, but only Jordan has the answers. So, let's oh, hear yeah. your first I, impressions. Oh, I, know. I know, I loved it. Um, I'm a big fan of Robot Chicken and whatnot. Right off the bat, I, I didn't know. I just had a feeling that it was all done by the same group. Mm-hmm. And I asked Tom. Yeah, Stupid and, Buddy Studios. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I want I, I got to know what's up with Lou's shoes, man. You know, he picks uh, maybe, you know, comfort first over fashion. <laughs> he, you know, he's got those nice squeaky Crocs. That's, uh, his, his, his toes can breathe in there. Uh, and, and that's, that's what he chooses to rock. You know, it's a, it's a classic combo of turtleneck cargo shorts and <laughs> socks with Crocs. I love it. Hey, I mean, Crocs are the biker vests of casuals. So, I mean, anybody that's walked by a Croc store, it smells like a biker bar in there. So <laughs> everybody knows if you own Crocs, I mean, you, you could hang with some pretty tough dudes. Yeah. Start your own your own Croc MC writing some Vespas or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> I wear New Balance. I'm, I have the dad shoes, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the orphan chowder. <laughs> or the orphans too? I was like, that's another question right there. Is that actually ground up orphans or is that just from orphans? Well, they, um, <laughs> I think uh, one of the Asgardians explains that they're, the, the, the kobolds, the goblins are, are kind of an important part of the, the Asgardian ecosystem and they eat uh, orphan children and, and uh, lost children. And uh, that's what they, you know, that's, that's what they serve. <laughs> that's how they contribute to army. society yeah. and, and uh, you know look everyone's got their own taste and uh, those, those guys prefer orphans and there you have it Nathan hell yeah because me and my wife had a little debate about that and I was like no no I was like no it's not happy go lucky now <laughs> <laughs> so so you you say you want to write more Modoc. I know you've mentioned you know the possibility of you know, you obviously want a season two and you've talked mm-hmm. about wanting to implement more of the X-Men. Absolutely. You mentioned Storm. Why Storm? Um, what is it about her? Is there something, you know, as a fan, you want to be a part of that? Or is there a particular reason? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, everyone pretends like Wolverine is the most badass uh, X-Men. That is false. Uh, <laughs> Storm is a goddess, a thief. Uh, she can knife fight. I don't know if you ever read that issue where she stabs Callisto uh, and becomes leader of the Morlocks. Like, Storm can do it all. Rocket, awesome Mohawk. Uh, yes. The X-Men. Uh, yeah, to me, Storm is the badass of, of the X-Men, so I'd love to write her. My personal favorite character is Cyclops, so obviously I'd like to write him. Wolverine's cool. Throw him in there, too. But uh, yeah. not my favorite. I feel like Wolverine got an easy break just because of Hugh Jackman. I, I feel like, you know, his, his masculinity and the overall sexiness he brought to the TV universe for Logan is, is unfair. Um, because, you know, I mean, we got Halle Berry, which, hello, that was great. Yeah, but she didn't really nail it. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I think no. I, really, as far really yeah. groovy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, she tried. Uh, good effort, but I don't think I've seen the storm I love yet on the screen. Is there somebody you could see yourself playing, you know, like a kick-ass storm on TV? Hmm. Is there a fan cast out there? What about Journey Smullett? Oh, she would be amazing. I could totally see that. She's fantastic. I mean... That's perfect. Everything I see her in, yeah. I mean, she she seems like such a cool person. I, I could totally see her just being like a fan that like totally takes his role into like another level. So she can come um, to anything. So, Marvel. Yeah, I think you got it. Right, let me get there another pigeon. We're going to send another note. <laughs> I'll be hired to go cast the rest of this X-Men show or movie or whatever this is. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so is there a specific no Wolverine clause in MODOK? No, I, like <laughs> I like Wolverine. First of all, I'm, I love Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Like Logan. Yes. Is, Probably the best comic book, one of the best comic book movies of all time. But I think in the world of X Men, I think he works better as a member of the team than the star of the team. I think it's the overexposure, maybe, uh, where I I I I like Wolverine's a great character, but I think building everything around Wolverine is not the way to do X Men. Totally agree. 
Yeah, um, 100%. And, you know, it's it's not even, it's not Wolverine's fault. You know, it's it's just, um, I would say it's it's a fan service because obviously he has a big fan base, so. Yeah, I mean, I get why people love him. <laughs> exactly, not, yeah. He's it's a all... great character, but it's like the X-Men is an ensemble to me. It's like, right. you need all the pieces to be equal and, and just as strong. You can't just have Wolverine in the front and then like, eh, there's some afterthought people, you know, kind of behind him. And, and I think the Fox movie's got, some of it really right and some of it wrong and um but you just you want everything to be as, as well developed as, as wolverine right you want it to be the beatles not frankie valley and the four seasons you know i, I get there it you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah and you know it's kind of like dc with batman you know um obviously he is the dc universe to most fans me personally i love swamp thing and the juggernaut um, oh, yeah. probably one of my the juggernaut I don't know what I'm you know what I'm thinking of the x-men movie and thinking of my favorite line my wife and I always look at each other randomly and she looks at me and she's like I'm the juggernaut bitch <laughs> one of from the meme, best right? lines from, the, from that cartoon meme <laughs> yes. from. um one of the best things um that and I don't know why we have this thing about always randomly just looking at each other and just saying Mandy Patinkin, uh, which we're watching Criminal Minds and it's just put it over the top saying his name. One of the funnest things to say. I don't he's know why. Best. Yeah. I just watched rewatched Princess Bride and I was like, oh, oh I think he's like 90% about what I love about this movie. Like his performance is like the thing that really stood out to me watching it. Like the whole movie's great, but like. Him in that is just, every line is iconic. For sure. And, you know, with with all the reboots that we're seeing, why not bring back an Indigo Montoya-like spinoff film or something, you know? There's potential there. But speaking of spinoff films, uh, we're going to sidetrack here a little bit. Uh, We got Henry Cavill coming up for, possibly, in talks for a Highlander reboot. We're going to talk about this because I'm super excited. Big time fan of Henry Cavill since the Immortals. Have you guys, obviously, I would assume everybody here is a fan of Highlander. Of course. But... At least the first one. <laughs> I don't know if I love many of the sequels, but I do. <laughs> I remember just watching it in the 90s at my grandma's when I was little. Binge watching it all the time when it was on. <laughs> it's funny because my wife um we were watching i forgot we were watching on tv and she she mentioned highlander and all and my jaw just dropped i was like a highlander reference like i'm in love again and she met homelander which completely broke my heart <laughs> you know she was like i'll give it a shot and i was like y- you can't you can't watch highlander at this time unless you've seen highlander before because you need that connection to it for it to hold mm-hmm. up. If you watch it now, it's going to be like a cheese fest. Yeah, no. Um, so I'm excited about the reboot, but mostly because she's going to get a chance to experience it. And, I mean, Henry Cavill is amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I'll watch awesome. anything. Yeah, I mean, he's a witcher. He's Superman. Yeah, I mean, dude is uh, puts us all to shame. But, For sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh yeah he's he's super engaging and you know i think i loved the casting of him as superman yeah i really wish i would have gotten more uh man of steel with him because it, him and michael shannon man they absolutely killed it in that movie yeah the the casting was very good in that movie yeah this is coming from somebody that's not the biggest superman fan 
at least in the comics, mm-hmm. but mostly because I, I lean towards the villains. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, with the DC trend, um, something I really like that you mentioned at the end of Head Games, um, and, and, and I'm not sure if this was you and Patton talking in the final page when you guys compare Modoc to like Batman, you know, um, mm-hmm. you, you guys mentioned that there's just, you know, so many different ways and he's so versatile, much like Batman being like this gritty, dark like character. And then you'll see him cross over with like Scooby-Doo and the gang. And, uh, you know, even now they're doing like the Batman um, Fortnite zero point series. Um, mm-hmm. He's just all over the place. And it's the same thing with Modoc. like to touch more recently I hadn't heard about Modoc in so long until I played the Square Enix Marvel's Avengers game. And the Modoc they gave us there was nothing compared to what I've seen before. He was like complete villain, like super dark and like just outside of his mind, super villain, 100%. And then you guys take Modoc. And like we talked about the comic, you know, he gave us like, these four different versions in each issue. And then you give us the series and it's just batshit crazy. And it's funny. It's raunchy, violent, <laughs> like complete madness, but it, it all works. Like you, you guys make it like work so well. And I commend you for that. I mean, you and Pat oh, and everybody you. that worked on this with you guys, it's like, it's, it's a complete hit. And I mean, you might as well just start picking your X-Men now because you guys are definitely going to get a, a second season, you know, just based on what the critics and the fans are saying. So, Fingers um, crossed. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think again, like in the same way we talked about, like Lego Batman works and Christopher <laughs> Nolan Batman works. And <laughs> there's not one that's better than the other or more valid, right? They're just both great takes on Batman. Yes. And yeah. I think that's that's truthful of characters who are, who are so kind of well-established and, and specific that you can, you can bend them in different ways and they don't break. And I think Modoc is certainly kind of fits into that. Uh, well, uh, you know, like characters like, like Batman, I think Spider-Man, you know, too, you can really do different things with. You have like nonstop Spider-Man, um, which I've been reading and now it's, that's kind of like a, really fun, a yeah. fun take on it. And then you have like Spider-Man life story, which, Holy crap! That that thing tore me apart. That was dark. I love that though. I love that they set that up. They have that Fantastic Four one was f- amazing. I was about to yes. say Fantastic, which would have been really dumb, but uh, it's <laughs> it's so good. Um, it's such a cool way to do these kind of what if stories where you let them age in real time over the years and tie them to time periods is so such a great idea yeah it's like a whole new challenge and and like gives you this whole new perspective on like these famous events that they've take part in and i mean with spider-man's life story the whole scene with him sacrificing himself to save miles like tears man (laughs) and like dealing with like his marital issues and all that it's like Things you think about but never actually see in the comics and they deliver. Um, it, it's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it's cool to see like having these different versions of like Batman where, and Modoc where you can like make fun of like their seriousness at times. It, it's really dope. Um, really like it. But um, Jesse, Nathan, what else you got for us, man? Um, I, I feel like I'm 
throwing everything out here that I'm feeling about Modoc. I want to give you guys a chance. Uh, tell me, what do you want to know about Modoc? You have half of the brain here. Take advantage. I'm just really hoping that you guys get to uh, get more with the character, man, because you guys did such an amazing job. And I'm really hoping that, you know, Marvel gives you guys the opportunity to write more comics. Uh, I, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, you know, we get a Modoc season two because the show's cracking me up. Uh, my kids keep kind of sneaking into the living room and be like, oh, what's this show? Can I watch it? Uh, I know my son has seen a lot of it. And I'm like, I'm a terrible parent. Like, But he, you know, he's that's what I'm working on. And we were stuck at home when I was working on it. So we were just going to come in. And, and he always, get, he's like, why does Modoc have to curse so much? He's like, did you make him say that? And I was like, no, no, no. That's uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah. no, it's beautiful. No, even my kids are, are loving what they see. So uh, definitely keep up the great work, man. Hopefully, you know, we get to see more. Uh, it's it's killing me. It's cracking me up the whole time. Oh, uh, thank you. It's Please so cool going. to hear. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we get to do more. We leave it on kind of a, a really big cliffhanger. I don't know if you guys are there or not yet, but... Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, I was there. We definitely wrote ourselves into a corner, so we better figure out what we're going to do next. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm limiting myself to two episodes a day, so I, I made it to episode six. I, I'm trying to. You're taking Iron Man's advice from the pilot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to limit myself um, the British Bake Off <laughs> um, treatment um, because we have Loki coming up in June. So, um, for those of you who haven't seen Modok and you know you you kind of felt like you didn't have anything to do with yourselves until Loki hit us next month. Modoc is your answer. You know, speaking on, you know, how much Modoc curses and it, it's reasonable. It's real because this dude is like the blue collar worker of like the Marvel villain community. He says, you know, um, on the streets, the grit. <laughs> um, <laughs> he he doesn't get it easy. And, you know, he's to me, he's like Marvel's version of like the villain who thrives to be at the top. But he never really catches the roadrunner, you know? He's like Wiley Coyote, <laughs> Elmer Fudd, Pinky and the Brain, uh-huh. like all these dudes yeah. that have his, these... His roadrunner is taking over the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely conquering everyone. Uh, which is a lofty goal, you know, for a, a big floating head. Right. And, uh, no, I think that's what... He almost, it, like, that was kind of the goal, was that, like, almost root for him before you remember... That he's a supervillain and what he wants is not maybe the best thing. In the world. <laughs> uh, and you know, we wanted to kind of get get you there with that. But yeah, no, I love I love people who are kind of driven or, or shooting for things that are so beyond what they're capable of. That he's he's an underdog, you know. At the end of the day, yeah. um, he's a he's an underdog with with insane, you know, goals, conquest, and and you know, he doesn't get a lot of wins in the show uh but he's trying and he's trying to do better but he's kind of a broken man and you know he needs to fix himself but uh no it's a, it's a fun journey to take a supervillain on and, I, and i'm like yeah like i like the he's kind of been demoted through the ranks of supervillainy to the point where he's hanging out with these yeah like blue collar supervillains at the bar with no name and, <laughs> and even though he thinks they're beneath him you know they're actually probably the the best people to be with who he can relate to and yeah. kind of, uh, you know, in their own way, rock bottomed out on their own. So I thought it was a really fun episode to kind of force him to see himself in these people that he would normally, like he was planning on, like use his cannon fodder to, to, <laughs> to, to you know, kill Iron Man or break into a vendor's tower and, and stuff. And 
for him to finally see these minions as real people. And I think it's similar in his relationship with Gary, where, you know, um, he didn't, you know, he didn't even know <laughs> Gary's name when, when this started. He's just the guy whose army blew off. And then I think by the end of it, they have a, a sort of bond, you know, where <laughs> Modoc's been in the mailroom with him long enough. It's like the only guy you can count on. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. <laughs> to to talk about the episode with the bar with no name, um, I want to talk about Malter, man. Um, probably by far or one Malter. of my favorite characters in that episode. I have to know the name of this dude's grilled cheese truck because he was. Oh, I can't reveal it. It's like it's like lost in translation. It's just going to be that like Bill Murray thing you can't hear. Understood. All right, that's fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to live with with that. <laughs> Only Modoc gets to know. <laughs> Obviously, it was, it was beautiful so because the look on his face, man, perfection. He's very, he's very and... proud when he tells Modoc that he gets the reaction he wants. It's his one. It's his one last shining moment before. Uh, it's all over. <laughs> and I love that Malter was like, he was like a character out of the Sopranos. Like, <laughs> um, his, his demeanor and everything, it was hilarious. And like, he's talking about his ulcer and like, he's coughing up blood. And I'm like, oh, like, you think nothing of it. And then you give us like this beautiful sunset beach scene <laughs> and everybody's walking away and they're like, all right, we're going to get some donuts and have a drink at 7 a.m. And you look back and Malter's fucking dead. <laughs> you wanted to surprise i think people uh where you're not expecting like a quiet death like we wanted to shoot it like an indie movie kind of and and just have these these silent moments where Modoc's like contemplating life and you know it sends him in the next episode kind of spiraling into like what's his legacy if if death can happen so quickly you know to people his age what is he going to leave behind and that kind of you know sends him on the next part of his his journey, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, you know, I think, I think he, he made a friend, which was a huge victory. It just didn't last very long. Yeah. His best friend, according to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, talking about Lou, um, I, I love this kid's like inappropriate optimism. <laughs> um, like he's so innocent and so optimistic and like, so outgoing, like it, it's infectious um, you know, it, was, was that always the plan for him? Or is this something that you guys kind of like look at somebody like Ben Schwartz and you're like, this is what he, this is something that would really play to like his abilities and, you know, his yeah. personality. Um, did that like kind of it kind of fuel both. your. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Like it's both. Be... Ben was set for, like a perfect... <laughs> it was written for him. You know, uh, Ben is someone I've worked with a bunch in the past and Patton has too. And you know, when we were trying to figure out like what, you know, what would be an interesting character, like a challenging character to have in Modoc's life, you know, with Lou, uh, Lou is insanely confident in who he is and, and what he's about. And I think it drives <laughs> Modoc crazy because Modoc was teased his whole life and is super self-conscious and in his own head and, and, you know, is trying to protect Lou and look out for him because he's afraid that he'll suffer like, like Modoc did. But um, Lou's fine, you know. <laughs> Lou likes who he is, and it's like Modoc having to accept that is it. Modoc's the problem, not Lou. And um, you know, I think that's that's a fun character to have him bounce off of because you know Modoc is so extreme and angry and you know uh, frustrated, and Lou is just so happy go lucky. 
they're just great energies to play off of. I think Modok has a lot more in, in common with Melissa than he does Lou. Agreed. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. but yeah, uh, Lou definitely is the the gold character. You know, it, it takes a special person to get jabbed in the neck with a needle and given a peanut allergy, <laughs> and he sees the the bright side of this. Um, it kills me. <laughs> Yeah, um, it but, makes him complex. Gives him yeah, something yes. about. He has peanut allergy now. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I don't have a reason to carry this EpiPen. <laughs> Why he had it before, I have no idea. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I assumed it was because he was supposed to be faking his peanut allergy for for Jody's show, but I, oh, mean, I don't know. Maybe. I <laughs> yeah, maybe. He was like, I should have one of these just in case. Yeah, <laughs> just in case it comes up. I don't know, man. <laughs> Um, but, you know, um, I have some random questions for you. I know you're from um, New York, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, were you on the Jersey side or, or were you in the city um, growing up? Uh, Westchester. So I was just north, just about about 40 minutes north of the city. Uh, right. On. So not too far, you know, like uh, from Jersey, but a little more in Um and uh yeah so so kind of you know the i think the suburbs of westchester aren't that different than the suburbs of jersey very easy to write (laughs) (laughs) kind of what you know they're all they're they're all very similar yeah my my wife is from delaware so you know she's 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 right near that area and you know i've always i've always wanted to go and i've always been curious is it as great as it is in my mind because to me going to new york is like you know Willy Wonka winning the golden ticket type yeah. type adventure. Um, so it's a nice place to grow up. Cause you do I think, it, kind of what you're saying. Like you have, it's nice to grow up in kind of quiet suburbs, but then it's just a quick trip to the city and you get the benefits of, of the city, you know, uh, right. without, you know, kind of being stuck in all the hustle bustle. So I, <laughs> I liked it. I like growing up there. No complaints for me. <laughs> uh, what what's the one thing you would recommend to somebody that visits visits New York City? Yes. What is the one thing? I mean, I like a thousand restaurants that I love. I love eating <laughs> there. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much cool stuff. Like, uh, if you're comic book fans, I would say go to um, what is it? Is it Midtown Comics? Uh, right near Times Square is. Oh like wow! A two-story comic store, which is so oh. rare, you know, with yes. amazing back <laughs> issues and toys, and you know, they're they're the ones that like I think supply back issues for Marvel uh, and ship them and stuff. Like when I was getting my comps uh, for for Modoc, they were being shipped from from that store. So I think they're like Marvel's store, basically. Oh wow! Uh, and it's incredible. It's it's huge. It's amazing. Now I have something on my list. <laughs> Follow-up question on New York life. Uh, are the hot dog carts as good as they look in everything? That they uh, as good as they okay. look in Grand Theft Auto V? <laughs> I think they're, they're convenient maybe more than they're good. I guess they're good. Uh, I feel like in Spider-Man comics, they oversell them a little bit because he's always eating them. But I think he's always eating them because they're cheap. That's why Spider-Man eats so many hot dogs because Peter Parker's always broke. Ah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but no, you got to get one when you're there. I would say, I would say, skip the hot dogs. Go to any of the famous delis because they all live up to the hype. 
Deli food is is to me. I I associate okay. deli food more with New York City than than hot dogs. Well, I am definitely down to check that out. What about cheesiness uh, of the pizzas? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, no. The worst part of Ninja Turtles is they buy Domino's in New York. It's so insulting. I don't know if you remember the movie. He slides the Domino's. Yeah, it was like a corporate like sponsorship thing. And you're like. Michelangelo, what the hell are you doing? You live in New York. Like literally, all the pizza there is better. Um, but yes, New York pizza <laughs> is as legendary as everyone says, and it never tastes the same anywhere else. Uh, and especially living in LA, uh, it is very difficult to to find it. I found some, you know, nice high end stuff, but like just cheap on the go pizza. Nothing beats New York. Definitely gonna have to be on the list, so and, and yeah, Michelangelo, we're we're very disappointed in oh, you yeah. selling out to the Domino's. <laughs> yeah, look, I get it. Every once in a while, you want like Domino's, and say what you want, like McDonald's. You're like, there's something about this tastes good, you know, it's its own thing. But if you're trying to set up that these guys are pizza snobs uh, living in the sewers, I don't buy it not for a second. <laughs> there's plot holes, my friend. <laughs> um, so speaking of delis. I've heard you talk about sandwiches before, and you're you're definitely a a, a connoisseur, <laughs> if you will. Love it. I was um, raised on them. Yeah. Yeah. So have I, I saw um, I tweeted about fat cells, and I know you you frequent the Hollywood area. You know, going to Golden Apple and all that. Have you ever eaten at Fat Cells? Is that the one that Turtle owns from Entourage? Uh, That's his, I've, right? I've never seen Entourage. Actually, I'm oh. sorry. Oh, you're not missing much, but uh, <laughs> I believe that actor owns that place. I, we got it, I think, in American Dad a few times, and it was pretty. It was okay. Um, L.A. also does not have a ton of legit delis. You know, there's some Jewish delis that are really good. Actually, I'll, I take that back. Green Blacks is really good. Um, uh, Cantor's is solid. And, um, but there aren't like the tiny, like those are big sit down places. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of like kind of hole in the wall ones. You can just grab a good sandwich. Yeah. Um, yeah, I honestly, I, I wouldn't even consider fat cells a a deli. So fat cells is essentially like something out of, you know, Seth Rogen's brain. Like this is like pothead slash like hangover food because like when i went i got it was chicken cutlet and it had mozzarella sticks onion rings oh on it wow yeah in it and they give you like this foot long like hoagie and they just stuff it with all this different stuff yeah you don't and, need to dress them up that much yeah yeah chicken it, cutlet, <laughs> some lettuce tomato you know put some honey mustard on that bad boy that should be good to go maybe some bacon I don't know. Now I'm starting to add a lot more stuff to it. But, uh, but now you're starting to sell enough fat cells. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a new one that opened up in Hollywood that I found so insulting because I think they make the people who work there have fake New York accents, I'm pretty sure, uh, to make it pretend to be like an authentic experience. And I, I found it infuriating. Um, you know, there's a, some okay ones kind of peppered throughout, like Culver City and stuff, but nothing, nothing that feels like home, I'll say. No, yeah, for sure. Um, that's how I feel about, you know, I, I grew up in a Mexican household. So for me, um, going to, <laughs> for example, I went to Ohio. Um, my wife lived in Cambridge, Ohio, um, until she moved to Yuma, Arizona, where, where I met her. And 
she always talked about this one restaurant, a Mexican restaurant, the Mexican restaurant they have. And she always said that they had the best chicken nachos and that I had to try it. Their queso was delicious. And, you know, the first thing I had to tell her was that queso is not really a Mexican thing. That's something that that got put on us, much like, you know, taco blend cheese that I have a vendetta against, which it's just yellow and white (laughs) cheese. Like, why why is it associated to us? You know, Um, But we we went to Cambridge. I was like, okay, I'm going to try these nachos. And yeah, no, that's not Mexican food. Like, honestly, if you want to start a business um, for my Mexican friends and family out there, go to the East Coast, go to Ohio and open a Mexican restaurant and you're going to make bank. (laughs) Yeah, my wife is from Ohio as well. And, um, you know, other than like a wing place, I can't think of like a thing where I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, like everything there. not amazing yeah uh, you know like maybe there's there's some okay barbecue places i guess and like yeah like wings and stuff like that they do all right but um yeah. i was yeah i kept being like you know like the pizza deli and food and sushi is so much better everywhere else wait until we get to la <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind uh and um yeah i i've been always looking for like what's the best most, most authentic Mexican food you you can find in in LA and there's one really close to me called I think it's La Abahenia and um, it's it's like tons of like stews and like pozole like all of this uh, you know I think it's like not what what's been I think what you were talking about with that cheese and stuff like right hyper you know it's not Chipotle <laughs> yeah exactly and I love it so much uh, so that's been been a good one you just gotta get those tips because you know i feel like as a white boy i'm probably driving by them completely unaware and then uh i need someone to, to let me know um, <laughs> I, want, I want the good stuff yeah no the anaheim um hollywood area that like with all the diverse culture you, you can find some really good mexican food and it's funny because like in california it spans much further than it does in Arizona because I was in Yuma, Arizona for most of my life, which is right off the border, like five minutes from the border to cross into Mexico. And then I moved up to the Phoenix area into the city and I cannot find decent, authentic Mexican food to save my life. That's going to drive you crazy, huh? It's funny what though, Jordan, if you ever come to Arizona, I will make sure that we make some home cooked like tacos for you, and uh, my mom makes some of the best tacos oh, I've yeah. ever had. Her life. her mom and uh, uh, Jesse's mom and Jesse's sister's carne asada. Oh my god, I don't, She should never share that recipe because it's ungodly good. <laughs> uh, yes, how about that? I'll take you up on it. That, <laughs> that will absolutely get me there. That's the kind of like food will motivate me to go anywhere. Yeah, we can sure. be your your pit stop to <laughs> Phoenix Comic Con. <laughs> right. I'm hoping. I look if people invite me to come to Comic Cons, I'm there. If they fly me, I'll go in a heartbeat. I'll, I'll say yes to all of them. I'm hoping we're you know we're on Disney Plus internationally, and I saw like a huge banner. In, at some convention they were having at Australia, and I just want to—I just want to put that out there, uh, Australia. You want to fly me? I'm there. I'll travel <laughs> anywhere for cons and food. There you go. Yes, foodcations are the best vacations. Ever since I saw them, 
I think it was the food network. Um, I saw that Portland was the food truck capital of the world, mm, man. Portland I've been amazing. dying to go like, I'll just walk around with a water cash, just buying everything. Um, yeah. Portland is a great food town, real heavy stuff. And then my wife and I went to Mexico city a few years ago. And I think that might've been the best eating I've ever had. I've ever done like <laughs> Mexico city is next level. And we yeah. took like food tours, uh, just going <laughs> and trying every kind of street taco we could. And it was, I'm still thinking about that trip. Yeah. I mean, a- anybody can sightsee, but I mean, how it- it's much more fun to talk about, you know, your food experience than it is to talk about, you know, this monument that thousands of people have seen, but yeah. you find that one hole in the wall restaurant that nobody has ever heard of and just blew your mind and i guarantee you you'll inspire somebody to travel not to get sidetracked about um our food love yeah <laughs> if you watch Modoc, by the way he's constantly eating because all of us that's all we talk about in the yeah. right he's turning like up the housing... burgers yeah bison burgers he's eating sheets of of uh with meatloaf uh and uh, night loaf yeah. night loaf there's <laughs> that, night loaf that needs oh, no. to be a place um yeah we should so, do a night loaf pop-up for comic-con exactly then, i was gonna say you know you should go like kevin smith level with his movies um tour and just do a night loaf tour man just just a van full of pre-cooked meatloafs <laughs> <laughs> i'm totally down uh, when he sent that uh, all those sliders to his table, man, I, I related so hard. Yeah, you got called those. Like, they're going to yes. be gone. Take all the sliders. He's in a. <laughs> he seems like an emotional them. eater, and you know, as a fellow emotional eater, I can relate. So here, um, here. yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, that all comes from experience. You got to write what you know. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I, I, I definitely do not blame him. Uh, any, any problem emotion i have if i get itchy um i'm at the pantry so <laughs> i i get it but <laughs> i gotta talk about one particular thing that i saw um that <laughs> really shocked me and cracked me up um what was up with mandrill and and the, <laughs> the open robe <laughs> i'll tell you where it he says uh he doesn't <laughs> believe in in tying him up oh, you know man. that's how he likes to sleep <laughs> and he got interrupted by this guy screaming at his his wife on the front lawn, and you know he's, he doesn't have time to tie that up. He's got to defend his his wife. Uh, so the part he's out that, there, and he's got nothing to hide. The part that I lost it on was when he shut the door. It's just the top half. Yeah, he's got that barn door. <laughs> Put that in just to mess with him. Oh man, that part killed me. Um, not what I ever expected to see out of Mandrill, but hey. That that's what makes yeah. good TV. Well, I think Poundcakes calls it out. His wife's got a type, right? She goes from an armadillo man to a <laughs> yeah. mandrill man. An armadillo man with dirty fingernails to mandrill <laughs> and his girth. <laughs> um, what well, you guys had some pretty uh, interesting. Uh, I guess we'll call them Easter eggs. You know, when, mm-hmm. especially with the uh, with the fight scene between Monica um, and Modok. Um, you know, you had the the little 2D uh, Marvel versus Capcom level fighting with the Street Fighter moves. 
and then oh, yeah. they, they she go does a full like Ryu. Punch she does. Um, yeah. I, I won't try to say the name of the move because I never get it right. But yeah, uh, Ryu's uppercut is what the simple term. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then, <laughs> then they go full Pokemon uh, with the Pokeballs mm-hmm. and all that. Um, was there a particular reason behind this or were you guys just trying to, you know, um, throw in some pop culture references? Are you guys a fan of Pokemon? Um, what's the deal uh, behind these? I actually didn't grow up with too much Pokemon. I, I think Street Fighter was much more of a touchstone for me. Um, but, you know, it was us in the writer's room being like, how do we continue to one-up how ridiculous this fight gets? Like, she's already <laughs> devolved him into a monkey, and he's de-aged her into a toddler. And, you know, where, where does this go from there? And I think we were like, well, what if she has, like, a, a bomb that can, like, uh, re- like reduce you to like your dimensionality to like a pixelated one dimensional <laughs> being. And then they have a fight on a wall and you know, like it just, there was no wrong pitches that day. It was like, <laughs> that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's going in. Um, and uh, it was just one of those like really fun things where like, it just has to keep getting more and more insane. Uh, so we just leaned into that. Yeah, when when she turned him into a monkey and then she just like pile drived him. <laughs> oh, genius! Uh, yeah, I fully expected um, after she she demorphed him um, to two D and I saw the hook go out. I, I was really expecting a get over here. <laughs> yeah, well, after season two, or just, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he already shot her in the uh, multiple times. In her shoulder, uh, so uh, yeah, yeah. That was, we'll we needed, we yeah. did not need to add insult to injury. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, um, I, I really, I really appreciate everything you've done, uh, Jordan. And you know, it it's really awesome to see you um, be as much of a fan as the rest of us. That's probably been like my favorite part of this whole journey um, ever since we talked back in January. Um, you know, you, you get just as excited as the rest of us. And it, it's it's great, man. Um, it, it's not something, you know, not not that I'm saying other creators don't get excited, but, you know, it, you're all very open about it. And you can really see that you're as much of a fan as the rest of us and like taking the picture with the billboard. Uh, which is freaking awesome, by the way. That's crazy. Um, That's yeah. Crazy. yeah. I mean, I love this stuff. I'm, I, I'm, you guys know this. I'm there every Wednesday buying my comics. It's like the stuff I think about all the time. And then I got to put it to paper and then on the screen. And, you know, it was an absolute joy to just be given the keys to the, the Marvel Kingdom for a little bit and, and uh, play with all the toys. It's the same stuff I've been doing since I was a little kid where I was just bashing my Secret Wars and Superpowers toys together. But <laughs> I got to do it with puppets and sets and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it was, it was an absolute joy uh every day it didn't feel like work ever how um how was the process because i i saw amy um shared a video on twitter recently and you know you got the little table with with like the layouts uh, of the scenes and all this and modok is like the size of a toy um which um you know if i remember correctly the the toy that austin kind of uses to um fool uh modok <laughs> to sign in over to grumble um, that was actually um, a toy that you had, right? Or right, that's the Toy Biz one from um, the Iron Man cartoon from the nineties. Yes, <laughs> um, I, I, I know you mentioned that you were we were going to be seeing it in the show, and 
I mean, those touches are are gold right there. That that's like what makes it, you know, and like the story behind them. And I mean, obviously, you're you're very awesome about sharing, you know, all these personal details about yourself. Um, but you know, how is it to kind of, you know, see everything going on in the background? And like, obviously, you guys are all working, and you know, you're working with all these different like stop motion, um, you know, models and everything um, to see it all come together. Like, is it like an all new experience like for you or? Yeah. I mean, it feels like a, um, like a magic trick you're watching where I'm like, okay, uh, I see this puppet, I see the set, you know, how is this going to come alive? How is this going to work? And then you watch these dailies and suddenly there's just, they infuse all this kind of personality, um, you know, into, into the characters and they're acting and they're emoting and they're moving. And I think hopefully the goal of the show is like, I think the more you watch it, the more you kind of stop thinking of them as small puppets and just these things that seem to be alive, you know, on your TV. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's amazing. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm not uh, too familiar with like the whole process of like stop motion and all that, but seeing that video, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> it, like to to have the the creativity to like be working with things like this and like see the end product, like, man, Hollywood is magic. <laughs> it, it's insane. Um and I know I know you love Marvel or like, you know, you, you talk about it uh quite often, but you know, is is Marvel like the only place you would consider writing a comic or is there no, like another I love DC too? I love every like image. I love I read it everything. You know, what, what um, do you what do you read from DC and Image? So from DC right now, I'm really digging Suicide Squad, Nightwing, and uh, oh man, Tom and... Taylor's killing it on Nightwing and those Gosh, covers, man! Yeah, every art, cover, some of the best art I think in comics right now. Yes. So uh, yeah, and I think the Bat- James Tiny's Batman is so fun. Um, I'm enjoying, yeah, like all of those. And then um, yeah, from Image, I've been really liking this uh, this horror book called Stray Dogs. Oh, yes. Tony Flakes. Yes, I've been yeah. reading it. Oh, my God. It's such it's, a brilliant idea. Yes. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, why did I think of this? It's, it's, it's <laughs> so genius. Yes. Um, but so simple, you know, and uh, they're executing it perfectly. So that's one I've been been really digging. Um, I just read the uh, the newest Brubaker one. Uh, what is the series? It's those graphic novels he's putting out where it's that like kind of PI and the seventies eighties. Um, oh, LA. Um, uh, what is oh man, I I can't recall the name, uh, but yeah, I know a hundred percent. White um, covers, yeah, with him. yeah, um, unbelievable. That like totally blew my mind. So yeah, I just. If something's good, I'm going to follow it. You know, um, there's like Vault Comics. Uh, oh, I've been reading stuff from Vault, um, yep. Money Shot. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Ahoy yes. Comics, Second Coming is brilliant. Um, there's just so much good stuff out there uh, from all these different publishers. So, yeah, you know, and I also then read a ton of Marvel, too. So, you know, if it's good, I'm finding it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think with Marvel, I mean, I'm a big Kate's fan, so I've been reading Venom and Thor. 
Um, but I What's think great? Strange Academy has really like crept up on me and become one of my favorite um, ongoing series right now. Um, and Daredevil, that was mm-hmm. one of the oh. first ones I picked up. And Zartsky is yeah. a genius. Um, if if you haven't checked out Stillwater from him, I definitely recommend it. Um, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, that's a really really good. Yeah, that too. Um, um, all his stuff. That guy is can do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, Strange Academy is reminding me a lot of like '80s New Mutants, which is my wheelhouse. Which is I I love <laughs> that stuff. Um, that's like one of my favorite runs. So I'm I'm so in for. Yeah, and Academy. and it has like that ensemble, um, you know, feeling that that you were mentioning earlier. Because yeah, I mean, so all cool. these characters, nobody is stepping out in the spotlight. Even after Strange and and stuff like that, like nobody really likes pops out. Like everybody gets their their moments. Um, it it's probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, Teen Titans Academy tried to do something similar. I liked yeah. it, but. Um, I feel like it, it was one of those one of those things where they see something's working for the other big two, <laughs> and they yeah. kind of borrow the idea a little bit. Um, but little if you, bit. I mean, everyone's done schools for a while though. I, I don't mind. I'm liking T Titans uh, Academy. At least the mysteries kind yeah. of to me. Too. No, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I I think yeah, compared to Strange Academy though, it, it's it's two different wheelhouses. I think. Um, but yeah, I'm just a big Strange Academy fanboy right now. Um, but if you enjoyed, um, you know, Brubaker's um, book, um, one I would recommend to you if you haven't read it is Matt Kent's Fear Case. Um, it was a four-issue mini. Um, I believe it, it yeah, just ended, and it was, like, way out there. Black Mirror-type <laughs> mind-messing. Yeah, it, it was really good. And it the art is very different. Um I, I I saw a little similarity, something to like Thirty Days of Night, where it's almost like a blurred painting, and you know, it's like it's like a different aesthetic, but it was so good and so trippy. Definitely recommend that one, and obviously Berserker. Uh, I love Keanu Reeves, and knowing I I I already suspected that Keanu Reeves being involved, there was no way this wasn't going to turn into a movie or a TV show. So, oh yeah, proof of concept, basically, yeah. Um, so super excited. They're going to be at the U.S. Book Show on the 25th, so uh, nice. we're going to be there. I'm going to try to make my way into the press room and and talk to them. So, good luck. I mean, he's one of the greats. What, yeah, what <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of good comics out there. Um, Vault is probably one of my favorite new publishers and the way they like attack sci-fi and all that um justin richards we we play video games with him a lot he's been on the show many times he did finger guns for for a vault if you haven't checked that out and I you like you. No, I haven't seen it. it's got like a fantasy effect about two teenagers who can control emotions with different gestures through their fingers and like each each gesture yeah each gesture um can affect people differently with like a different emotion it turns into dealing a lot with you know family abuse and physical abuse and justin does a great job of you know advocating for issues that i feel don't get talked about enough he just um, funded his kickstarter for a comic zine of uh, mental health awareness which was was amazing oh, he he was gracious enough right. to let us um check it out so 
yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, I, I love books that tell a good story. Um, Frank Gogol does a great job about that too. Um, the first thing I read of his was Grief. That's a graphic novel he put together. There's separate stories that go through the seven stages of grief. And mm-hmm. it's one of the craziest things I've ever read, like emotionally heavy. Well, it's just a golden apple yesterday. Now you guys are going to make me go back today. <laughs> All these racks, I got to go buy these now and check them out. That's that's what I do, man. All I do Appreciate is read it. comics. <laughs> um, it, I kick myself every day that I spend so much time not jumping into the comic world because honestly, as much as I love TV and people say that video games is like the new form of storytelling, I, I don't think comics will ever go anywhere because there's no. just too the many great... Medium. Yeah, too many great minds and too many great stories out there. And it's impossible. You, you can't kill comics. Um, but, you know, with that being said, um, Jesse, Nathan, you guys got any final questions for Jordan here? Just want to give you a huge thanks again for joining us, Jordan. Like, And for giving us such great content, man. We really appreciate it. You're doing some great work and look forward to seeing you. Know, oh, thank you. you this was so fun to come and, and chat with you guys. Seriously, thank you for having me again. Yeah, Evan, thank you, man. Appreciate you coming on, and it was a pleasure. Oh, always a pleasure. Seriously, guys, this was this was a blast. No, yeah, um, it's always great to have you, Jordan. Um, you're, you're probably one of my favorite people to talk to. I love that you're like a well of knowledge. You know, there's a reason we call ourselves the Uncultured Pop Culture Podcast, because that's exactly what we are. We're a bunch of uncultured people that don't know everything, but we love everything. Um, we, we just love talking about this stuff. And, you know, last time you came on, all the knowledge you gave us about WandaVision and all that, like it just blew my mind. So it's always a blast to talk to you. Hopefully we can do it again. Um, you're welcome anytime, my friend. We will definitely be picking your brain about more MODOK in the future. Be sure to check out MODOK on Hulu. All episodes are streaming now, 10 episodes. Watch them. Tell Hulu and Marvel how much you love them. Pick up head watch games. Watch them and watch them again. And then yes. again. And again. And then... We'll be looking good for our season two. <laughs> yeah, oh just uh, we need a season two. <laughs> it, when you leave your house and, and you have you have dogs, or you're the type of parent that leaves your your children home alone, just put Modoc on and leave it playing until you get back. Yeah, Modoc is the great babysitter. <laughs> he will teach your kid a new plethora of language <laughs> that they can they can use in the future. But that being said, it's always great to have you back, Jordan. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you leaving any sort of rate or review. If you hate us, tell us. That way we can change. That's what my ex-wife told me. Thank you for listening to the Uncultured Pop Culture podcast. Um, Visit us at geek-network.com. All our social media is on there, as well as all the news and trailers you want. Thank you. Thank you.